Hi everyone, it's episode two of the Adrian Bow podcast, which we may have to rename to the Adrian Bow and Troy Malcolm podcast actually, because our first uh, guest, which was Troy Malcolm, is now a co-host. So welcome, Troy. Thank you, mate. Uh, really looking forward to furthering this podcast and seeing where it goes. It was meant to be just a bit of a trial and sent out internally, but the feedback we've got, not only from uh, people around McGraw, but also from the industry, has been pretty phenomenal. So I think we're on iTunes now, and we've got five or six ratings that are five-star plus. So, mate, I'm really looking forward, and I'm really looking forward to chatting with the agents that we're, we're speaking to, because this is the cream of the crop. This is the top 1% of all salespeople, not only in Australia, but probably worldwide. So um, I'm excited over the next couple of weeks and months and, and even years if, if you'll put up with me for that long to see where this goes. Absolutely. I think it's a really good example of not letting perfection get in the way of getting started because <laughs> basically I just put in a call to Troy one day and said, hey, what about a podcast? And he was like, yeah, let's just do it. I said, what about the equipment, the time? He goes, don't worry, mate, let's just start. We'll just literally just press record. We'll do it on our iPhone and um, it'll all just roll out from there. So just getting started, I think, is a great uh, metaphor just for our industry as well, just getting started and then letting it evolve rather than having that sort of analysis paralysis where, you, you know, whether it's a business plan or whether it's an EBU or role descriptions around you know looking for perfection because it's just never going to happen but um, so the guest for today is an absolute legend of McGrath Piers Van Hamburg uh, PVH as um, (laughs) absolutely thanks so much mate for being here so it's uh, really good to see so for those who who don't know you mate just uh, quickly high level in terms of geography where where you're at and what you've been doing yeah look 21 years in the business been with McGrath for about 15 years of that uh, my geography is lower North Shore, so Neutral Bay, Cremorne, Mossman, you know, the northern side of the river. Terrific. Mate, it's, uh, it's so good that, uh, that you've joined us, and I suppose we want to just launch straight into it, uh, Piersy, and, and just have a quick chat about, um, you know, changing markets. I mean, I'm an advocate of the, the, this is a normal market and that last year was an anomaly mm-hmm. and that was, yeah. uh, that was a boom market. Now this is just a normal market. So you'll find that normal markets are actually mm, uh, act, uh, uh, quite, uh, quite the, the usual market and, and a boom market is quite an unusual market. Yeah. So... Um, you know, I know that you thrive during uh, a slightly tighter market, for the lack of a better word. And I know your best year ever was 2009 post-GFC. Just talk us through that a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, look, I mean, I, one thing I do know is your um, success is not correlated to the market. In fact, the really good agents do well in a harder market uh, because they get to shine and they, and they really get to, um, I guess, to show off the craft of real estate, opposed to in a strong market, anyone can do it. Uh, and I think there's a lot less emphasis on choosing the right agent for the consumer. Um, 2009 was my best year in real estate. We did 110 sales that year, so we did massive volume. And I found that because I was able to demonstrate to incoming vendors that we could get the result regardless of, of, of the market, um, we just did well and we sort of kept selling off the back of that. Piers, one of your key strategies, and I know um, something that you've done phenomenally well for so long, is really nurture buyers but also work really closely with them to to build that trust and rapport first and foremost but you can also see that they when it comes time to make a decision whether that's paying a little bit more or just making a decision to go through and purchase a property you're there as their guiding light not just the person the salesperson yeah how has that benefited you over such a long period of time how have you worked that a good example of it was actually our last weekend Troy and I had an auction together down in uh uh, 7 of 103 Kirribilli Avenue in Kirribilli it was Nigel Mookie and myself now, uh, through the GFC, most of our auctions were one-buyer auctions. Like, to have two buyers was just very unusual. So we got very good at being able to put a deal together 
you know, on the smell of an oil rag. On, on the smell of an oil rag. Um, last weekend was exactly that. So we had one buyer. Uh, now Nigel and I met, you know, really good communication through the campaign. But we met with the vendor Thursday night, and we actually sat down and we said, look, inevitably we're going to have a, a bit of a gap between where the buyer is and and where you are. Um, and we had that hard decision. Sorry, we had that hard discussion um, before the event. So we've got it set up right. Now we also meet with the buyer and do the same thing as well. Just to let you know, the vendor's expectations is higher than where you're at. We think there is going to be a gap on the day. We really need you to think about what your walkaway price is on the day. So we've done all of the hard work, um, and you know, next thing we know, we're ten thousand dollars away. We get one up, five, one down, and we've done a deal. So now, if we hadn't done all that work and all that preparation prior to the auction, we would have had a passed-in auction. Uh, and not sold. So it really, um, it really comes down to lots of face-to-faces, uh, heaps of communication, and ultimately having the trust of your vendor and being able to build that rapport with the buyer. That's amazing, Piers. Uh, like the two gold nuggets for me there was one having that thirty seconds of courage yeah. and having that tough conversation, whether yeah. it's with your buyer, buyer and or the vendor. The other thing was actually having a face to face with your buyer yeah. or buyers, yeah. and especially now if we've got single digit number open for inspections, yeah. and we've certainly got single digit registrations, 100%. then the amount of time that we can allocate to having face to face with buyers is remarkably improved. You've got to so, do it, Adrian. I mean, in a hard market, you might only get one shot at selling a property. Now, if you have a conversation of negotiating over the phone, you can't read that buyer's uh, facial expressions, their body language, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, you need to be having face-to-face, getting in front of them, building that rapport, and really getting an understanding of where they're at. I love it. If I was to sit down with you and I was one of your registered buyers the week leading into the auction, yeah. and you caught up me for a coffee, uh, Piersy, what, what would the conversation sound like, just briefly? To the buyer leading into the auction? Yes. Yeah, I mean, look, at last weekend we sat down with the buyer and we said, um, sorry, I'm, I'm leading up to the auction, look, just to let you know that we, you know, we feel that our vendor does want to sell on the weekend, mm-hmm. it, there should be some competition there, um, you know, what we really need to, you to think about is what your highest price is. Yeah. Um, inevitably, we think there is going to be a little bit of a gap on the day. Yes. Um, just being very honest about the situation. Now, um, by the time the auction came around, um, we then walked up to that buyer and said, look, um, it looks like you are the only buyer registered today. Either buyer hasn't turned up. Um, there is some interest, but look, now is your opportunity to buy it um, under auction conditions, um, competitionless. Um, you know, we know you like the property. My suggestion is you put forward your best offer. We'll go and have a chat to the vendor, and then we just go backwards and forth and got it put together. But we'd sort of set it up prior to the event to sort of give them that indication that there would be negotiation carried out on the day. So that it was no surprise to them. The other thing that I've noticed, Piers, is at the auction, uh, as, as being the auctioneer, every single person that walked through that property knew yourself and Nigel by name. Uh, it was a friendly welcome. Yeah. They were open to any kind of conversation you were having with them. Yeah. You made it a really transparent environment. Has yeah. that been one of your strengths? Well, I know, I know personally, yeah. but I think that's one of your key strengths. But has that been something you've been focused on over the years to really build that rapport in the market? Yeah, absolutely. I've always had a very long-term strategy towards real estate, and I... Have, um, have always, I guess, treated people the way that I'd like to be treated. Um, and for that, I've got a good reputation in the marketplace and 80% of my work is really repeat referral um, work. Um, it's a long-term play and, I, and I've always put my client's interests before my own uh, and I've always seen the bigger picture. So, um, you look, my reputation's 
more important than anything and it always has been. That, that also gets played out, I guess, in not only with the clients but also the team members that work within your effective business unit or in your greater office. Yeah. One of the key things that I've always noticed is um, you're growing the next generation of real estate agents yeah. and the people that work with you, yeah. um, they're almost like mini peers in some regards but they've yeah. got the same attributes and traits as um, trustworthy, honest, yeah. they have a lot of integrity and what yeah. you see is what you get. There's no facade of being the slick Rick salesperson. Yeah, yeah. Is that something that you're conscious of building Definitely. in your own team to make sure they're representing you in the best possible way? Yeah, look, if, if I wouldn't have them over to my house for dinner, I wouldn't give them a job. So I find that, look, I, I realistically, and I hope my wife's not missing this, but I would spend more time with the guys in, in my team than I would in sometimes with my family. So I want to come to work with people that I enjoy working with. Um, so that's one thing. Um, I want hard-working people that have really strong work, work ethic. Um, I want people that are transparent, um, are upfront, um, they don't bullshit people. Uh, these are all things that, that I believe in. And, you know, I have had times over the years where, where people haven't fit into my mould and it, it just hasn't worked. So um, the other thing that I learned very early on in um, when Dean and I built the business, we started with nine staff and we're sort of well over 100 now, so we've really recruited to, to have such a large business, was I always learnt that you've got to lead by example. So I can't tell my guys to do something if I don't do it myself. Yes. So that's a really, really important thing that um, my role in the business is always to lead by example yes. and um, act the way that I want others to act. Terrific. I love it. And listeners, what, what I got some other nuggets out of that was, one, play the long game. Mm. Okay. Two is have incredible intent each phone call, each meeting that you're attending, i.e. don't think about remuneration think about what's best for that client so similar or not dissimilar if you like to sitting down with your parents and yeah. what sort of advice or recommendations would you give to them the other one was yeah if you wouldn't have them over for dinner then they don't belong in your team and no. peasy a bit like my uh, only criteria for employing people is if they've got no plan b yeah. financially i mean yeah. you know so I've, I've employed some rough diamonds if you like yeah. over the years um against some some polished uh, agents yeah. who had the nice car and the nice suit but had plan b's and the the the, the rough diamonds that i've been man- able to polish yeah. have been certainly able to go on and have that discipline around prospecting databasing and nurturing clients so i i, I love all that the other thing uh, just which we might wrap up on um Pizzi, is i love how you've got a set and forget approach to your holidays and your breaks throughout the whole calendar year. Yeah, just just talk us through that and why that's important and how you actually structure it. Yeah, look, I think it's really important to sharpen the sword. So, for example, um, this weekend I've got a week in Noosa. Now, I know I'm away in Bali in July. I'm in Maji in October and I'm going to Thailand at the end of the year. And I'm actually planning a trip to America in July next year. So I plan all of my breaks for a couple of reasons. One, it allows me to recharge and be the best when I'm actually in the office. So I work incredibly hard when I'm there. Uh, the other thing is, I, a good friend of mine who's 10 years older than me, he said, your kids will always remember the holidays. So for us, it's one-on-one time, um, you know, no, no phones. Um, you know, I really, you know, um, log off when I go on holidays and it allows me to spend really good quality time with my kids. So they're probably the main reasons. Also, I love travelling and I love to see the world. And, um, yeah, it's to me, I, I, um, 
I work to live, not live to work. So I love that. It's almost like a KPI where it's just 100%. you lock it in and do it. And, yeah. and really, the the what I like to say to a lot of people, peers, is that um, that real estate is a game. It and is. if you get really good it at is. the game, then your real life, which is your family, holidays, friends, etc., then that's what benefits. You know that my holidays are an auction on myself. So, for example, yeah. I draw a line in the stand. I I know I'm going on holidays, and I visualise getting on that aeroplane um, with my hat on, um, completely with all of my properties sold um, and properties lined up for when I get back. And you know something? It always happens. Amazing. So the week leading up to going away on holidays is like frantic. So that's why I sound a bit tired now because I've just been nailing properties and listing them and getting it all together. But I know um, 10 a.m. this Sunday, mate, I'm on the plane to Noosa and forgotten about amazing that the the power of visualization is something that is not to be underestimated mm. i know that i used to sit in the car at, at the beginning of every listing appraisal just for three minutes and visualize myself walking out of there with a check for six thousand dollars and a signed true. agency agreement and a set of the keys the thought and of, it wasn't a coincidence that a lot of the time it actually used to happen yeah. uh, so never underestimate that the thought of jumping on a plane with a cranky dissatisfied unsold vendor is not good and it hasn't happened once yet. Yeah, I'd be an advocate yeah. for that. I've seen, uh, been lucky enough to see some of those. Um, Piers, thank you so much for spending the time. We've gone about 15 minutes. If people want to connect with you on social media, yeah. um, you're really active on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, they can connect you on LinkedIn or just simply email you. Yes. Um, we really appreciate you coming in and spending the time. This is only episode two of the Adrian Bow and Troy Malcolm show. Uh, but we're going to be doing this a lot more and we'll probably love to see you in the next like 12 months like we'd love to kind always of regroup happy to come this back and always and happy to help anybody you know, yeah this is the great thing about our company is there's a lot of shared learnings and you'll find the top guys are happy to help you out you know that's it gives great satisfaction if i can help someone else get to um you know where, where they want to be i love that Piers, and i know we've spoken about it offline around this is now a form of currency for us to yeah, actually yeah. see younger people uh benefit it's, grow and develop it's the most satisfying part of the job for me yeah agreed Awesome, mate. Thank you so much. Hey, listeners, um, thanks uh, for tuning in. And until two weeks' time, because we're every fortnight, we'll uh, be seeing you then.